Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 661. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about 10 reasons why I don't advise trading your stock account. Recently, the stock market has been hitting all-time highs. We're up over 30% year-to-date. And as we almost are finished with the year, people have been asking me, Linda, should I lock in gains? Should I be selling here? What should I be doing? (laughs) And so I wanted to do a podcast and chat with you a little bit about why I don't think you should be locking in gains and why I'm very excited about what's going on in the stock market and why I see some really positive things for 2020. Now, I've already done a podcast about my positive thoughts on the stock market for 2020, but this is going to be different than that, although there will be a little bit of crossover. The interesting thing to me is when people are wanting to lock in gains, that tells me that there's fear in the market. And when there's fear in the market, that means the market's going to go higher because bull markets climb a wall of worry. That means you're scared all the way up while the market is going up. And while we are in an unusual time because we are in a market melt-up that I mentioned on November 7th would be coming and has definitely been happening, people are afraid that the market has gone up so much so fast that they're afraid there's some sort of sharp correction or pullback in the near future. And I understand that, but that's not usually when markets decline. Markets usually decline when everyone is sure the market's going to continue. And I talked about this on an earlier episode when I shared the peak of a bubble when Bitcoin was in a bubble. And I shared with you the craziness, the comments that people were saying, and how they were thinking that there was never going to be an end to that market rising. And that was the precise point that the market topped and started to head lower. In the same way, when people are panicked because markets are going down, and they're just saying, get me out, get me out. This market is just going to continue to drop. That's usually about the bottom of the market. So when you have an emotion about the market, you're usually feeling the opposite of what you should do. And that's precisely one of the reasons why I don't think you should trade your stock account. Because usually when you want to sell, the market is ready to go higher. And usually when you want to throw in the towel, the market is going to turn around and go back up. So you have to be working opposite of your emotions or be a contrarian. The second reason why I don't want you to trade your stock account is you have to be right twice. You have to be right when you decide to sell at whatever you think is the top. And you have to be right again when you're buying back in at what you think is the low. 
even professionals that have sophisticated trading systems, software programs, charts, they know historical performance, they have inside scoops sometimes, legal of course, they still can't get it right. But you think you're going to be able to do that? I don't think so. No matter how smart you are, that has nothing to do with it. It's very difficult to pick where is the top of the market and then again, where is the bottom of the market. Even reading charts, I can give a pretty good indication of where a market is topping out and is ready to pull back, but it doesn't always pull back exactly. So we can only make approximations and that means that it just doesn't make sense for you to try to pick a top or pick a bottom because chances are, you're not gonna be right and you're gonna leave a lot of money on the table. Number three, I don't want you to trade your account because there's always going to be pullbacks and corrections. That's just part of investing and that's nothing to be afraid of. About every six years, we have a 10% correction or pullback in the market and about every 10 years, we have a 20% pullback or correction in the market. So rather than fear these pullbacks and think that they're going to be the end of the world and you're going to lose all your money, you have to see it as a natural and normal part of investing. The market will go up and then it has to digest its gains and it's going to pull back a little bit. And yes, there are going to be traders that are taking profits, but that's not us because we're long-term investors. Why are we long-term investors? Because it is more probable that you'll make money if you are a long-term investor. It is much more difficult to be right in the short term, and it's much more difficult to be right as a trader. So while there are people that are out there doing it, that's not us. We're going to be long-term investors. Recently, I saw a chart and I tweeted on Twitter that it was very interesting because over a 20 year period, any rolling 20 year period, you could go back any point in time and pick 20 years ahead of that, or you could go back 20 years from today. But in any rolling 20 year period, the stock market was higher 100% of the time. Now that is crazy because nothing is ever 100%, especially in investing, but this is that 100% of your time in any rolling 20 year period, you've had more money. So I can't guarantee that that is going to continue in the future, but I can say for in all of history for that to be true, I think it's a pretty safe bet to think that that may continue to be true in the future. So we wanna keep a long-term focus. Number four, and by the way, this is in no particular order. The stock market just might be in a repeat of the roaring 20s. In the roaring 20s, the Dow Jones Industrial Average of 30 stocks went from about 70 in 1920 to 381 in 1929, the year that it did have the big crash. But during that time, it was up over 500%. And I think we could be in the midst of a repeat of that in this decade. Number five, when we talk about the possibility of being in the roaring 20s, there has to be a good reason behind that. Recently, I was listening to Peter Navarro, who is an American economist 
who currently serves as the Assistant to the President and Director of Trade and Manufacturing. Mr. Navarro is extremely impressive, and I'm a tough judge, so I don't take that lightly. I have to say that when he was talking, I literally got so excited about the stock market because I recognized that exactly what he was talking about was going to be very, very positive for the market. When he was describing certain policy changes and the reasons behind those changes, I recognized that this is going to be a structural change, as he says. He literally said, this is not 1999. It is sound structural growth. And I think he's right. And here's why. He talked about an economic policy of this administration that is four points of the compass. The first is lower taxes. And he talked about corporate taxes going from 30% to 21%, which allows the U.S. as a country to compete more and also to attract capital rather than push jobs offshore. Now, whether you agree with that or not politically, let me just tell you that money likes all of those things. Lower taxes are going to mean higher profits for companies, and the stock market rises on profitability, earnings, making more money. So when companies can make more money, that's good for the stock market. The second point of the compass was cheap energy lower costs for energy and the fact that we as a country can export energy means that we're not subject to Middle East oil prices. So cheap energy is again good for profits and predictability of profits. Number three, deregulation. For every regulation that has been added, eight regulations have been taken away. So this is an environment of deregulation, which generally makes it less expensive for businesses and means they can be more profitable and thrive. And the fourth point of the compass was a level playing field on trade. Because other countries were able to charge lower prices, have their country subsidize their prices. In some cases, we had trade agreements with other countries that were, weren't working for us or that caused jobs and manufacturing to go outside of the country. This level playing field on trade is going to help with continuing to provide jobs here. And because 2 million jobs have been created, that is going to create a bigger consumer base. And the consumer is 70% of the economy. So this is a structural growth change that I think is going to be what is fueling the Roaring Twenties economy. Number six, because interest rates are so low, there's not a lot of competition for where to put money. People are generally finding dividends in dividend-paying stocks to compete with their savings rates. They're generally much higher than their savings rates. So it's easy to invest in a dividend-paying stock to make more than what a bank or a bond is going to pay you. And therefore, there's not a lot of competition for where else you can put your money. 
Yes, you could invest in real estate, but prices are at, in many places, extreme highs in real estate. And yes, the stock market isn't exactly cheap either, but I think there is a reason for that. Not only the structural change that I mentioned, but also because, and this is number seven, around the world, some other economies have been either slow growing or even entering a recession. For example, we heard Germany was entering a recession. Germany is the largest economy in Europe and generally has been the engine behind European growth. So the fact that Germany has entered into a recession means there's a lot of money potentially in Europe looking for a new home. And that may find its way over here. Number nine. As I've mentioned on prior podcasts, we are going into the fourth year of the presidential election cycle. And the presidential election cycle says the third year of the cycle is the best performing year. 2019 is the third year of the election cycle. Next year, 2020, will be an election year. And that is the fourth year of the election cycle. And that's usually the second best performing year. If we look back in history at times where the stock market has been up and had a strong up year, 10 out of 12 times the year after that year is also an up year. And the average return is 15.2%. So again, the odds are in our favor that even though we've already gone up over 30%, that will have another positive year next year, probably to the tune of 15 or so percent. And for my last reason, number 10, I'm going to use a little bit of investment theory in this description. It's called modern portfolio theory and actually was a theory that was the winner of a Nobel Prize. What the theory says is that market timing or trying to buy and sell and time the market is only responsible for about 10% of performance. The greater success comes from what you've actually chosen to invest in. And that could mean large company U.S. stocks. That could be your asset allocation here in the U.S. It could also mean certain sectors that are faster growing like technology or healthcare. But my point is we have evidence that market timing isn't the way to get the majority of gains in your portfolio. And for all those 10 reasons, that is why I don't want you to try and trade your account. I want you to keep a long-term perspective stay invested in the market, hang in there through those pullbacks, those corrections that are sometimes painful feeling, and realize that they're a normal part of investing. Keeping your eye on the long term is the way to be a successful investor. Remember I talked about the rolling 20-year periods and the market being up 100% of the time. That is where we need to focus is on the long term. So keep your eyes there. Don't worry about short-term fluctuations. And let's keep watching and seeing if this isn't a repeat of the Roaring Twenties. If you haven't yet subscribed to Be Wealthy and Smart, hit the subscribe button and you'll be notified as soon as podcasts are available so you never miss one of them. And all of my podcasts are available on my website at lindapjones.com forward slash podcasts. There is a full wealth mentoring library there for you where you can look at any topic, find any subject that you want to know more about. And there's over 650 podcasts there for you to get answers, get educated, and get closer to financial freedom. 
And don't forget, this is the last episode before the big reveal of who has won the review contest. I'm giving away 20 prizes, and I just have to say, you have a really good chance of winning. I'm giving away 10 of my Wealthy Mindset Blueprint audio sets valued at $197. That's to help you get a wealthier thought process and how to change your negative beliefs to positive beliefs and wealth building. I'm giving away five of my You're Already a Wealth Heiress, Now Think and Act Like One, Six Practical Steps to Make It a Reality Now, which was named one of the best all-time wealth books by Book Authority. And men love that book too, by the way. And I'm giving away five one-on-one wealth mentoring sessions with me. All you need to do is leave a review on iTunes, or if you have an Android, leave it on Stitcher or any other podcast app that you're listening to this podcast on, and you can send me an email, let me know that you've left a review, and I'll be sure and include you in the drawing. Podcast reviews get your name in the drawing one time, and if you've read The Wealth Heiress book and you leave a book review on Amazon, that gets your name in the drawing two times. Winners will be announced on the Wednesday, January 1st podcast. So please leave a review. It doesn't have to be long. You can leave it short, but just leave a review and that will get your name in the drawing. And again, you have a really, really good chance of winning something. And thank you everyone who's already left a review. You guys are amazing. I love what you're saying and you are so sweet and kind. And I'm so proud of you for taking action, getting results, putting what you're learning into practice and making strides toward your financial freedom. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.